whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey friends, Karen Pennington here coming to you from Christmas week 2021. Last week I posted once instead of five times because it was a week as I was going through. I told you on my post it had been just one of those weeks, extremely big headache, very exhausting, very productive. Things were done. Um, That was good. Sometimes we have hard weeks and we just don't think anything's gotten done. So things definitely got accomplished, but it came at a cost and... um, One of the sad things to me about last week is Friday night, we were not able to have my granddaughter overnight. We always get, I always say custody, we always get to have her, um, my husband and I get to have her on Friday night, and then my daughter and son-in-law get a little bit of a breather, are very ready to have her back on Saturday because they miss her, but this past weekend, there was a family event for my son-in-law's side of the family on Saturday morning, so I didn't get to have her, so I did enjoy the sleep in, I never sleep in, I needed the rest, so... I definitely enjoyed the rest, but I missed my granddaughter. And last Saturday afternoon, I was walking around a thrift store, partly thinking about Christmas, partly thinking about rest, and partly, honestly, thinking I'm kind of missing my granddaughter. I get withdrawal, and um, I'm just kind of walking around, and I swear, I missed her so much. I don't swear, but I, I missed her so much, <laughs> I, I, I heard him, and then... I heard it a little bit louder. Gam, and I look looked around, and I, I just I, maybe somebody's calling somebody else calls their grandma Gam. That's, that's kind of unique, but okay. Then I'm like I'm definitely hearing things because I miss my granddaughter so much. And then this little itty bitty two year old who looks just like my grandbaby walked out from behind a rack of clothes. <laughs> And she was there, and it made my day. And my daughter had orchestrated it so that she would do that, first of all, to make me think I was crazy, but then to surprise me. It was a wonderful, wonderful gift. So I grab her, and I'm hugging her, and I took down my mandated mask long enough to kiss her a little bit and put it back up. And she, uh, then, of course, she said, almost the first thing she says, first thing was, where's Papa? Because if she sees Gam, then Papa needs to be there. He was in the car, and we went to see him. The second thing was chocolate milk. Because I know she loves me for me, but I think more than anything, I am her, I'm her hugger and I'm her gam and I'm her chocolate milk supplier. She knows she'll get like chocolate milk in the morning, chocolate milk at night every time she comes over my house. That's the thing. So of course we wanted to go get her chocolate milk. And it kind of made me think a little bit about the authorities in our life. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my eyes for those of you who are watching YouTube and I'm a little distracted because one eye has more eyeliner on it than the other and oh it's driving me nuts so sorry about that it's a distracted morning but uh so so we went and got our chocolate milk and um I thought about it oh my goodness do I love my granddaughter and I want what's best for her all the time I want to protect her all the time I want to please her I can't always please her 
because sometimes she wants something that's bad for her. So that's when I need to say no or redirect or something. But if I can do it and it's good for her and she wants it, you better believe that's going to happen. And uh, I guess that's kind of the nature of authority. I'm not the authority in her life, obviously. Her mother and father go before that. But particularly when she's in our house, we have authority over her. Which does not mean, I mean, authority when mixed with love. It should always be mixed with love. It's not about you having power. It's about you having responsibility. Um, and hopefully empowered to fulfill that responsibility. The only empowerment is your responsibility to take care of someone else. They're not, when you're an authority, they're not there to meet your needs. It's vice versa. You're to meet, you are, have been given, been made a steward of them to meet their needs. Uh, so when someone cries out to you, um, if authority's working right, there's not a whole lot of cry out against you. There may be pleas. Um, unfortunately, the way our government, not just this government, but modern government's been humanity is, it ends up being a cry out against the government. There ends up being a lot of rebellion. There ends up being that. But that's not really the way or the reason that God created authority. It, it, this, this structure, it was so that people could take care of each other. Uh, I think of a man and a woman and... Uh, I know this is a sticky subject. I do believe in co-authority. I do believe in submitting to one another. That's what it says. Submit to one another as is fitting in the Lord. And um, men and women submit to each other in different ways. But there is a sort of an authority mantle on the husband. Just by very virtue of um, physically almost always the male is stronger. doesn't always happen that way. But generally the male body is built as a stronger body. And... So there's a protection element there. The man is not stronger so that he can beat on the woman. The man is not stronger so he can dominate the woman. The man is stronger so he can protect himself and his family. His family. That's And women have kind of stronger inner bodies because she's the one that encases the, the womb and the, the child in her womb. And she gives birth to the womb. So we're given different kinds of strength, not so that we can use it against each other, but so that we can use it to serve each other. And that's exactly how God is. God is all power. God is all power. God is a source of all power. God is all authority. God is all dominion. God is all strength. And it's not so that he can make us do what he wants us to do. He can. He's allowed to. He often doesn't. And when he does, it's generally for our good or for the good of someone else because we're being dumb. So God will use us to help someone else because God can do that. Uh, whether or not we're compliant, just like he used the Pharaoh, but I digress. So, I, so I've been going through the um, Psalms of Ascent, which are Psalms 120 to Psalms 134. Quick recap. Uh, it was said that one of the thoughts is that, that these Psalms were put together after the Israelites, the people of God, had been deported and were living in a foreign land in Babylon, modern Iraq, um, for 70 years and they're coming home to Jerusalem as they're coming home Jerusalem is up uphill so ascent they're going as they're coming up to Jerusalem they're putting together these psalms some were written by David but the compilation they're saying happened on the way back from Babylon on the way back home to Jerusalem they also say often that Levites uh, like even around Jesus time but also the Old Testament times later Old Testament times after they had returned that Levites and uh, which are the teachers of the law and the priests, that class, would say one psalm each as they went up the temple steps. There were 15 step, steps, and as they ascended up the steps, they did one each. The, the longest psalm, I think, is 
18 or 19 verses, the average sum is of ascent is about uh, eight or nine verses. This is, a, a, this is a quickie. This is Psalm 123. Now, Psalm 120, there was a cry for a deliverance um, because they needed it a lot. And so just that remembrance that we need to cry out to God and we can. The Psalm, Psalm 121 was a cry of assurance that, you know what, I'm crying for deliverance, but I know that God will help me because my hope comes from God. So that's who I'm going to look to because no one else can help me, but God can. And uh, yesterday was just... Uh, we were talking about praise for Jerusalem, the idea of homecoming, homecoming to Jerusalem, to their land, but also coming home to God over and over and over because God is our heart's home. And here's Psalm 123. This is a cry for mercy. Um, to you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. As the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to you, the Lord our God until he has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. For we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than its fill of scorn of those who are at ease, of the contempt of the proud. Isn't that interesting? In Psalm 123, the role of a master is not to lord it over, but to protect and to care for. As our eyes look to our masters for help. I, I was thinking about the feudal system in um, medieval times. How you know, a vassal could be a duke or a duchess or even a prince, and they'd look to their lord, which is the king, and the king's job was to protect them. Technically, he owned everything, but that also meant he was responsible for everything if he was a good king, and he was taking care of his subjects, and underneath that, there may be people, might be these overlords, and there might be these underlords who are in charge of a small patch of land, a small town, maybe, instead of a region, and they would... They were called the lords, but the lords were who you were supposed to go to for protection. Um, more than anything for protection, but also you'd go to them for justice. So I love that it sets up here that when you're under someone's authority, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Authority in its best sense means that you're protecting, that you're guiding, that you're trustworthy, that they can come to you when something's wrong and you can help make it right. Um, and let's look at this whole micro-authority thing, the family. You know, the smallest unit of authority. Parents aren't there just to lord it over their children. Sometimes we have to say and do things they don't like, but we're there to serve them. They're not there just to do whatever we tell them to do to do our bidding. And they can come in handy sometimes when you need little helpers, like bringing groceries in or running things. We used to call Allie little legs when we had to do something quick she would be like our runner to run here and run there get this get that somewhere and um but we do it together and uh I, I love that in those just short couple of verses but what I really love is God he's our authority and submitting to authority is a good thing submitting to God's authority is a good thing it means safety it means health it means mercy it means that we can cry out to him and say this isn't right Unfortunately, we don't always get what we want when we want it, but we can cry out to God and say, I'm crying out in supplication, God. You're here. One of his roles is to protect and save us. And one of the greatest examples of this, of course, we're celebrating during this Christmas season that is in the person of Jesus Christ. He was the ultimate authority, ultimate power, but he came as a servant. He came to serve us. He emptied himself of all the heavenly bells and whistles, or nonetheless, so that he could come 
And he could serve us in a way that no human could. He could save us in a way that no other human could. Isn't it crazy that the best, most amazing, really most powerful example of authority as its best is of the all-powerful God becoming the all-needy infant. It was an answer to this very prayer in Psalm 123, this cry for mercy and for justice. And again, God works in eternity, not in our time. So it didn't happen the way or in the timing that people wanted. But it takes you know, people are asking for earthly justice. God is giving us eternal justice because our time on this earth is a blink of an eye. It may seem like forever, particularly if you're in the Department of Motor Vehicles. That line feels like an eternity, <laughs> but it's a blink of an eye. So we ask our master for this temporary reprieve and we get it sometimes. But in the person of Jesus Christ, we have the ultimate Lord who became a servant so that we could have eternal justice and eternal mercy. And for that, we should be eternally grateful. Are you? I miss the boat sometimes, but today I say thank you. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. During this season, it's so hard sometimes to stay focused on why we celebrate. And really, as believers, as Christians, we should celebrate you every day. God, if there's anyone out there who's listening to this who doesn't know you, just draw them into you, Lord Jesus. Um, give them the heart and the mouth and the words to just cry out to you. I know you'll find them. Because I say when you say when we seek you with all our hearts, we'll find you. Uh, Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. So we're seeking you today, God. And we're trusting you for mercy. We're pleading to you for mercy because I'm sure we all got our stuff. We'd love for it to happen right this minute. But today we're just going to go ahead and say we trust your timing and we thank you for your eternal mercy. In your name, amen. Be blessed, my friends. And once again, Merry Christmas.